Well, for the first time since your kids were putting on Halloween costumes, the Predators won three games in a row. And then in one night, on a Tuesday against Carolina, they maybe erased all of the positive energy we had about the way they were playing. Nashville gets wins over St. Louis on back-to-back nights. Then they no-show at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. We're going to talk about it all right here on the Smashcast. Is there a middle ground between buying and selling? That's what Mark Howard and I discuss on today's show uh, and also where the Predators might go if they do decide to buy at the trade deadline next week. This is the Smashcast talking about the home and home and getting you ready for the 2020 trade deadline. In-depth coverage of the Nashville Predators in a 104.5 The Zone digital exclusive. This is the Smashcast with Will Bowling and Mark Howard. So welcome into the Smashcast this week. It was a, a, a judgment week for the Nashville Predators, as we told you uh, last week. A big week for David Poyle and this team deciding uh, whether or not to buy or sell. Uh, and the results were mostly good. A home-and-home home win over the St. Louis Blues. Three straight wins uh, for the first time since October the 29th. And then again on Tuesday night, this team does what it has done so many times and it no-shows at home uh, in a 4-1 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. Alongside Mark Howard, I'm Will Bowling. Mark, let's let's jump right into the conversation, starting with last night. Uh, the vibes were good. The The narrative, the conversation was getting more and more positive. And then all of a sudden, it's it's almost like this team reminded all of us once again why we have been so worried and disappointed in them throughout the entire season. Well, first of all, I want to back up, if you don't mind, okay. for a second, because I think the premise of buy-sell is, is flawed a little bit. Sure. Uh, I think that it can be a little bit of both. And I think that even if the Predators are, you know, let's say they split the two games this weekend uh, at Chicago and at home against Columbus – and they're five points out of a playoff spot. What does David do? Well, the inherent problem here is, or the inherent reality, is that this team was billed as the best collection of players in the history of the franchise. They sold a lot of tickets that way. Do they want to totally bail on this? I don't think so. So I think, uh, you know, in a limited fashion, I could see David making a trade uh, where he acquires, and I could also see him making a trade where he deals one of the, uh, whether it's Granlund or, or Craig Smith or one of the other guys that has an expiring contract, I could see one of them going. But I don't think it's, uh, I, I, I think, uh, I don't believe that you have to deal in absolutes here because I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But anyway, getting to the game Monday night, the brutal fact about the Predators, and that's why I don't believe that that there's a Band-Aid solution, really. They have trouble against speed teams. And, you know, Carolina's number one line, Sebastian Ajo, you know, Andrei Svechnikov, and on the right wing, uh, Taravainen just skated rings around them. I mean, they the Preds I literally couldn't catch him. They every time they were out in the ice, they generated a chance. You know, Sveshnikov scored. 
uh, really the crushing goal, but Ajo had a goal. And the Predators are not a speed team anymore, and they have they have real trouble against them. Last night, it just looked like they were in a they were in a different gear than Carolina. Uh, they didn't play very well on their own end. Um, their power play was not very good. They were 0 for 4. They gave up, uh, you know, the power play goal to Carolina. So once again, it's that special teams bugaboo that bites them. And I think last night, you know, in my opinion, uh, really reveals how flawed a team the Predators are. I don't think it's an uh, I don't think it's an easy fix. Uh, but boy, Carolina came in and just just really, uh, you know, just worked them last night, winning four to one. Well, and that was a similar point I made uh, when I hosted the Midday 180 Monday on, on President's Day with Buck Rising. And uh, he asked me the question of, uh, is this a turning point for this team? Are we finally seeing the real Nashville Predators after the home-and-home home win against St. Louis? Uh, and I told him, I said, look, you can go back this season and see that the Predators have, have won some games against some good teams. That's not been the issue. Yeah, Showing up against a team like the St. Louis Blues – uh, like the Washington Capitals uh, on a pair of occasions, uh, it's been night in and night out when you come after those games, uh, going from the St. Louis win back to a Carolina team. That's where I said, you know, I will believe this team has rounded the corner when they put together a string of performances against different levels of competition. Uh, and as you said, I think last night uh, we were showed again that this team's biggest issue is still its inconsistency. But the other part is matchups, uh, and it's true. I mean, they are eight zero against elite teams this year. Whether it's you know Tampa Bay, Washington, I, I forgot the whole collection, and the Blues, uh, and I mean they absolutely hammered the and the Islanders. Yep. They crushed the Islanders twice. So yeah, it's it's hard to figure sometimes. But speed teams give them a lot of problems, uh, and. Yeah, I was in the minority, apparently. I was not, you know, that enamored with the way they played Sunday against the Blues. They got, in my opinion, they got totally outplayed, uh, but they were opportunistic. Uh, Turris with the, the game-winning goal, of course, in the third period. They got drop-dead goaltending from Pecorine, and they played well defensively in their own end, but they couldn't get out of their own end. Uh, you know, they. I remember Ryan Suter telling me, uh, what's it going to take for you guys to have better outs uh, out of your own end? And he said, two good short passes. And the Predators couldn't string those together last night. Uh, they couldn't do it really on Sunday. Uh, their forecheck uh, against Carolina was totally ineffective. Uh, and so, so, the, so in my opinion, there are, there are a lot of things going on with this team. Some good, some not good. Uh, they could still get in the playoffs, uh, I, and, and I'm not discounting that. But, you know, I, I look at this team sometimes, and I see some troubling flaws. Yeah, sitting in the arena Sunday afternoon, I was shocked the Predators were the ones that broke the deadlock in the third period because all of the offensive zone pressure, all of the time um, uh, on the attack well, was for St. Louis there for a while. I think it was something like uh, 10 minutes to 4 minutes of offensive zone pressure uh, for the St. Louis Blues, um, but I, I think you're exactly right. Predators opportunistic, and, and Kyle Turris um, uh, continues to uh, to have a, a good um, span here under John Hines. Well, and I'll you know I'm sure you're going to bring this up, but uh, Joe Rexrod wrote a column yep. uh, 
after the game Sunday that we need to embrace the Predators, jump on board, that their record is very similar to 2017. And I'll use the old you know line from politics. I know that 2017 team, and this is not the 2017 team. That team, much better on defense, had uh, a healthy P.K. Subban the second half of the season, which the, which this team doesn't have. They had Ryan Ellis playing the best hockey of his career, uh, which is something they don't have right now. And they've got, frankly, they had better forward play. You know, James Neal had a pretty good year, uh, and they just they were just better up and down. And that team had a resolve that I haven't seen yet with this team, and they had a better version of Pecorine. Uh, so, yeah, you can you can try to make that comparison with the 2017 team. And on paper, on paper, this team might be better. But remember something. Uh, the things that bother me about this team, Philip Forsberg has yet to make that next step. You know, we keep waiting for him to be uh, a 30-40 goal scorer. That hasn't happened and frankly, I don't know if it ever is going to happen. You know, I, I think maybe we should just be content with him being a 25 to 30 guy and occasional brilliance, but it just doesn't seem to be happening. Johansson is having uh, a subpar year, even though he scored uh, against Carolina. Uh, he's, you know, John Hines does not feel the same way about Johansson that Laviolette did. Uh, he's playing four less minutes a, a game. Uh, his total ice time. So that reflects uh, the fact that Hines is not happy with, with Johansson either. And Victor Arvidsson, at least right now, at least right now, is not the same, you know, go for it, you know, as Terry Chris calls him, RV Hustle. He's not the first guy in on the forecheck anymore. He doesn't have that burst. You don't see him, uh, you know, jumping out with those with those great scoring opportunities, sneaking behind the defense. And I think Bortuzzo, Robert Bortuzzo's hit on Arvidsson has adversely affected him and has made him a less effective player, at least for now. Again, that could all change very soon. Uh, but when David Poyle looks at this team, I don't think, and Adam Vingen wrote uh, an article here on Tuesday or on Wednesday, rather, saying that the Predators need defensive help. Well, in my opinion, they need more than that. And I don't know if they can go out and find a defenseman that's that's really going to help or save this team. Uh, are you going to be able to get a top four defenseman without giving up something really significant? Maybe. Uh, so I, I don't know what the solutions are for this team. But what I see right now doesn't necessarily compute with some of the narratives. It is crazy, too, when you look at the the numbers, talking about the comparison between 2017 and 2020. Um, after Sunday, the Predators this season were 28, 22, and 7. Of course, now 28, 23, and 7 after uh, the Tuesday night loss to Carolina. Uh, 2017 was 27, 22, and 8. Uh, at the same point, after a Mikhail Granlund power play goal on a 5-2 loss at Minnesota on February 18th, 2017. So uh, kind of eerie, the similarities, at least on paper. But but I think you're exactly right. Um, and I think what a lot of people forget about that run was just how transcendently good Pecorine was in that playoff run. And I remember sitting in my car after leaving Game 6 against Pittsburgh and, and kind of thinking back on everything that had to go right just for the Predators to get to the Stanley Cup Final. 
and thinking to myself, this town better not take this for granted ever again or, or compare other teams to this because you think about everything that had to happen to go exactly right for the Predators to get to that point, and it, it was almost overwhelming thinking of just how many things you had to do. I, I don't see this team um, with the talent or really with the, the competitive edge um, in the postseason to really um, get in the same class and, and make themselves be talked about in the same vein as that 2017 team quite yet. Well, lack of, uh, of pushback uh, a lot of times bothers me. The fact that they've only you know had two uh, winning streaks uh, of more than two games just twice since October, not so good. And you remember that 2017 team? I mean, they jumped in against the Blackhawks and just smothered them. Uh, that game, I remember that game three in the series, it was almost like pitching a perfect game in baseball. I mean, that was the perfect game yep. for them. And they sustained it against the Blues. And then they had that, good God, that they had one of the most physical, nasty, bloody series against Anaheim uh, to where when they went to the final, they were so banged up. It was a miracle that they could, you know, get through six games with all the injuries they had. But, you know, we haven't seen this team put a streak together. Uh, odds are maybe they will. Uh, I still think that, you know, good goaltending and getting Ryan Ellis back, uh, and I think that's more important than making a deal at the deadline. Uh, and that's just hoping that Ellis can get back this year. But, yeah, you know, this team could – they could make it in the playoffs. And there are certain teams that they are a tough matchup for. But so far, I, I, I haven't seen it. And I could be completely wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see them just turn it on. But I think sometimes – 2017 fosters maybe false hopes uh, in most cases because what the Preds did that spring was just magical and sort of counterintuitive and illogical and all that. And could we see it this spring? Sure. Uh, but I'm not seeing the same signs that I saw in 2017. I think as far as the defense goes, I could see a situation playing out where David Poyle can – justify and market Ryan Ellis as his his kind of trade deadline acquisition. Uh, and I know it's kind of cliche. You get a guy back from injury around that time. You often hear GMs say, oh, it's kind of like bringing in a new player, uh, getting a guy like that back. Uh, but if Ryan Ellis is even close to what he was during that run three years ago or um, uh, how good he was on that team uh, alongside Roman Yossi, um, it, that could solve a lot of the Predators' problems, right? Possibly. I mean, I, you know, last, last year David got burned. I mean, Wayne Simmons was, was hurt. He wasn't really right, and he just didn't work out. He scored only a point. You know, they made the Grantland trade, and Grantland just did nothing for them at the end of last season. Uh, Brian Boyle was a little bit better. He had five goals uh, as kind of a bottom six guy, but, but really for the most part, those acquisitions really didn't help them at all. Well, it's certainly uh, been an interesting week. It'll it'll get more and more interesting Friday. Uh, the Predators go to Chicago. I might be going up for that game, trying to decide if I'm wow. going to or not. But might might take my first road ice trip uh, to see the Nashville Predators. We'll see. Now get the deep dish pizza. I, <laughs> I heartily endorse it. And uh, you know, by the time we meet uh, next week, uh, the trade deadline will have come and gone. 
So we should have plenty to talk about. We absolutely will. We'll uh, recap it all, the the moves the Predators did or didn't make, maybe the ones they should have uh, or shouldn't have. Uh, We'll recap it all next week here on the Smashcast.